for joining us as we hear an anointed word from Treasure Coast Victory Center. All right, take your Bibles tonight. Go to Exodus chapter 15. Father, I thank you for your word again tonight. I thank you for revelation knowledge in our hearts and in our minds tonight. Father, change the way that we see things. Change the way that we look at things so that we have faith booming out of the inside of us in every situation in our lives. Father, we thank you for healing us 2,000 years ago. And we give you all the glory and praise for what you're going to do tonight in Jesus' name. And everybody said. <clears throat> all right, Exodus chapter 15. Let's look at verse 26. And God said, If thou wilt diligently hearken to the voice of the Lord thy God, and will do that which is right in his sight, and will give ear to his commandments, and keep all his statutes, I will allow none of these diseases upon thee, which I have brought upon the Egyptians, for I am the Lord that does what? Healeth thee. I am the Lord that healeth thee. The most important thing that you'll ever learn about healing basically is coming to the revelation that God wants you healed. God wants you healed. Many people say that they believe that, but whenever the attack comes, they'll say, why didn't God heal me? How come it's not working? How much? You have to establish yourself, first of all, in one thing, and God's will is for every single person to be healed. As you read the Bible or we reveal to you the will of God in every area of your life, it will basically show you that God's will is to heal you. He has declared himself in this verse to be the healer of his people. He says, I am the Lord who heals you. Now, another translation I found years ago said, I am the Lord, your physician. Now, many of us have health insurance, and basically, in your health insurance, you have what's known as a primary physician. And when you go to the primary physician, basically, they may refer you to another physician or this or that. I made up my mind years ago that my primary physician was going to be God. And if God refers me someplace else, I'm going to go. But if God tells me to do something, I'm going to do that. So God became my primary physician. The question is tonight, who is your primary physician? It's best to go to God first, find out what's going on, what you want to do, rather than go to another physician, another physician, another physician, and when none of them work out, then come back to God, giving him the second, third, fourth, or fifth chance in your life. So make God your primary physician. Go to the Lord when something happens, find out what he wants you to do, and then do whatever he tells you to do. All right, go to Hebrews chapter 10. All right, Hebrews chapter 10, look at verse 7. It says, Then said I, lo, I come in the volume of the book. It is written of me to do thy will, O God. Notice this tells us why Jesus came. He came always to do the will of God or the word of God. Christ didn't heal people just to show that he was God. He didn't show it to try to draw a crowd. Basically, he did it because his heart was to fulfill the word of God here on the earth. Jesus himself is a revelation of the will of God. Whatever you see Jesus doing, basically you see the Father doing the same thing. They're one and the same. He did the will of God. The Bible says he healed all who came to him. He healed all that were oppressed of the devil. He is in the same love. He has the same compassion as when he healed the multitude in the Bible. 
He is, has the same power that he had back then. He heals all manner of sickness and all manner of disease. It, just because it's in the Old Testament, just because it's in the Bible, doesn't mean Jesus has lost any of his power to do what God has given the ability to do. During his earthly ministry, Jesus was always moved with compassion, and he always healed all those that had need of healing. He never turned one person away. He never made an excuse. He healed all who were oppressed of the devil. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, the same today, and the same forever. All right, go to Matthew chapter 10. Matthew chapter 10, look at verse 7. Jesus says, And as you go preach, saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand, heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out devils, freely you have received, so now freely give. Here we see that Christ commissioned the 12 disciples to heal the sick. Later on, he commissioned 70 to heal the sick. And after that, he commissioned the church to lay hands on the sick, and they what? Will recover. So healing has been provided through the blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. Every born-again believer has been redeemed from the curse. You must know the will of God. Then you may take by faith whatever he has promised you in his word. If you don't know what God's will is, not just in healing, but in any area of the Bible, it's going to be hard for you to receive it by faith. So you have to be determined. God wants me to prosper. God wants me healed. God wants me walking in power. God wants me healing the sick. Once you find out what God's will is, you and then by faith take what belongs to you. Our will also has a part to play in anything that we do. It has a part to play in healing itself. When we line our will up with his will, results will happen in your life. Remember when he ran into the one guy who'd been sick like 38 years on the porch and he'd been crippled and when they stirred the water, whoever got in first basically got healed. Jesus walked up to him and he said, will you be made whole. Now, how many know that was sort of a dumb question, but that's what Jesus did. Why was that? He wanted to see what the will of the man was and whether he believed that Jesus would do what Jesus said he would do, or basically was he going to make excuses for not receiving from Jesus? He talked to people all the time who are sick, been sick a long time, they've got excuses. Well, the doctor said this, and the doctor said that. Well, the best preacher in the world prayed for me, and I'm still sick, and they gave me this report, and they gave me that report. Notice all these are excuses. God just wants to know tonight, will you be made whole? Will you prosper? Will you do these things that are in his will? When you line his will up with your will, God is then able to get things to you through the faith in his will and also your will. All right, go to Hebrews chapter 11. Will you be made whole tonight? Will you prosper? All right, Hebrews chapter 11, look at verse 1. It says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. It is the evidence of things what? Not seen. Many people are asking for prayer to be healed, but they're uncertain regarding healing. If they're uncertain regarding healing, what God wants to do, they have no faith. 
Faith begins where the will of God is known in a situation. Many have been prayed for by great people of faith, but have never received any help. They do not know that God's will is to heal them. Some people will say, well, I hope he does. Well, I sure wish he would. Well, I think he might. How many know that they do not know that it's God's will to heal them? Basically, why? They've never read the word of God for themselves, so they've not received the faith to receive the healing in their lives. If you are unaware of God's will, you will not receive in any area in your life. Faith in God's promises and His will is needed in order to receive by faith. What is faith? Faith is basically believing that God speaks the truth, that what God said basically is true. First, God will give you a promise as you read the Bible. That promise will create faith, which then will produce action in your life. Faith always causes action. The reason why people know the word and don't act on it is because they don't have any real faith. They have something called mental assent. In other words, they know that scripture. They know what that scripture says. I can quote that scripture. I know where it's at. But when faith comes, you will act on what you believe. So the promise creates faith, which produces action. And when you do that, you hook up to the things that have been freely provided for you by God. All right, go to Luke chapter 8. You need a daily confession every morning you get up saying, my days of sickness and disease are over forever. All right, Luke chapter 8, look at verse 11. It says, now the parable is this, the seed is the word of God. What is the seed? It is the word of God, isn't it? So before you can have steadfast faith for healing, for your body, you must be rid of all uncertainty concerning, once again, God's will in the matter of healing. Before attempting to exercise faith for healing, you need to know what Scripture plainly teaches you about healing. It is not only knowing God's promise, but it is believing God's promise so you have faith and knowing God's will is to heal me. Now, how do you do that? The Bible says, out of the mouth of Two or three witnesses, let every word be established. You go up to somebody who needs healing, you say, what did God say about it? Well, I sure hope he heals me. He seems to like me pretty well. How many know that's not going to work? Why would God heal you tonight? Well, he loves me. That's not good enough. You need to know two or three witnesses that tell you, number one, that by his stripes you've been healed. He heals all your diseases, and he bore my sicknesses and carried my diseases. What is that? That is the seed of the word of God that needs to be sown on the inside of you. So the word of God or the will of God is the seed. Say the word, and God's will is the seed. Now, you know, the Bible basically talks about seed, plant, harvest in every single area of your life. Until you are sure from God's word that it is his will to heal you, you are basically trying to reap a harvest where no seed has been planted. In other words, if you have not planted the seed of the will of God in your life, you can't expect to harvest, just like a farmer doesn't expect to harvest until he plants some seed. It would be impossible for a farmer to have faith for a harvest before the seed was planted. So there will never be a harvest of healing without his will being known and acted on in your life. The word is the truth, and when you know that truth, the truth will make you free. So freedom from sickness comes from planting the seed and knowing the truth. Say, I need to plant the seed and know the truth. All right, go to Psalm 107. And what is the seed? 
The seed is knowing that God's will is healing for me in every situation and every instance. The worst shape you can get in is when something comes into your life that attacks you and basically you know you've got to fight the enemy and you're not sure whether God's on your side or not. Because if you don't know that much, then you're fighting God and the devil at the same time and you're not going to do very well. But you've got to know where God stands on the word of God. You've got to know what he said. And by knowing that, it gives you a firm foundation to stand on that word when the enemy comes and run him off. Psalm 107 verse 20. The Bible says he sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destruction. God's healing provision, according to the scripture, is done. It's already been provided. Now it needs to be received through faith. If you're under attack and your mind's saying, why doesn't God heal me? Why isn't this working? Why doesn't God do something? You do not know the seed that needs to be sown. You do not know that it's God's will. Those thoughts will not come in your mind when you're convinced that God's will is for me to walk in divine health. They won't get there. The sick need to know that it's God's will to heal them. That is the seed which is to be planted in your mind and in your heart. Not that he might heal you, not that he could heal you, not that you wish he'd heal you, but God's will is for you to be healed. You cannot be saved until you know that it's God's will to save you. It is the word of God, the seed planted, watered, and steadfastly trusted. The seed must be planted and then kept watered before it will produce a harvest in the spiritual realm and the natural realm. To say, I believe the Lord is able to heal me before you know from God's word that he is willing to heal you is like a farmer basically saying, I believe God's able to give me a harvest without even planting a seed. How many of you know it won't work? The prayer of faith in the Bible. The prayer of faith in the Bible which heals the sick is supposed to follow the planting of the seed, not precede the planting of the seed. In other words, if you're going to pray the prayer of faith to someone, you need to make sure that the seed is planted before you pray that prayer of faith. So what are you going to do? You're going to tell them God's will is for you to be healed. You're going to show them scriptures. You're going to convince them and convince yourself. And then when you do that, you'll be able to receive by faith. Instead of saying, pray for me, many in the body of Christ should say, teach me God's word so that I can cooperate intelligently with him for healing. The problem with the church in this day and age that I see more than anything else is everybody wants a treatment. Nobody wants the word of God. Nobody wants to sit under the word of God. Nobody wants to study the word of God. But boy, when hell hits your life, you want somebody to run up and kumbaya bashike la mohoste la bashikia on you. And notice, if you ain't got any crop in there, how are you going to get a harvest? Come on. Yeah, we know God does miracles. We know the gifts of healing flow. But that's not an everyday thing. That's basically not supposed to be the way it's be. You're supposed to be planting the seed, watering the seed, and letting that thing grow. So when you need it, you've got a harvest to pull up at that time. All these things were already given to you, basically. By his stripes, you have already been healed. Praise God. So we must know what the benefits of our redemption are. Where are we going to find them? In the word of God. You can't appropriate anything by faith that you don't believe were given. So all these seeds are in the Bible. God wants to prosper. Is it his will? Yes, that's a seed. God wants to heal me. Is it, is it seed? Yes, that's a seed. God wants me to be blessed. God wants, knows I'm righteous. God, what am I doing? I'm planting seeds on the inside of me that will grow up and they will produce a harvest in my life. Our attitude towards sickness should be the same as our attitude towards sin. 
Basically, we're against sin. We should be against sickness and disease. The kingdom of God is not a kingdom of treatments, but it is if a man casts seed into the ground, sleeps and rises night and day, it springs up and grows, he knows not how, first the blade, then the ear, then the full corn in the ear. That's how the kingdom of God operates. If you're not planting seeds, you're not going to have a harvest when you need a harvest. It's really plain and it's really simple. And notice what it says. It grows up first the blade, then the ear, then the full corn in the ear. Well, what am I going to do from the blade until I get to the full corn in the ear? I'm going to hold fast my confession of faith because he is faithful to do it. I mean, no, that's the tough time. The blade's easy. Praise God, look at the blade. But then the full corn's a toughie to get to there. Why? Because it's still there. The symptoms may still be there. You may still be getting bad reports. But you've got to keep focus and stay in faith on the Word of God the whole time, all the way to the full corn in the ear. All right, go to Proverbs chapter 4. All right, Proverbs chapter 4, look at verse 20. My son or my daughter, attend to my words, incline thy ear unto my sayings. Let them not depart from thy eyes. Keep them in the midst of thy heart, for they are life unto those that find them, and they are health to what? All their flesh. Now notice, some people say that this says basically here, this is God's medicine. If you want medicine to work, how many know you probably need to take it? You can get all you want from the doctor, pills described, prescribed, whatever, pay for them. If you don't take them, they're not going to help you. It's the same way here. This is God's way to walk in divine health. He tells us to attend to the word. How am I going to do that? Well, I'm not going to let it depart from my eyes. I'm not going to let it depart from my ears. I'm going to keep it in the midst of my heart. The seed is then sown in good ground, and sooner or later it will bring forth fruit. It will produce spiritual faith and spiritual fruit in your life. When a farmer plants a seed in the ground, how many know he does not dig it up the next day to see if it's working? No, you can't do that. You have to leave it in the ground. Even though you can't see if it's working or not, you're still going to leave that seed in the ground. We'll have the same faith when it comes to the imperishable seed of God's Word that is spirit and life. Once you plant, thank God, I know God's will is to heal me, and by His stripes I've been healed. I'm going to leave that seed in the ground. I'm not going to dig it up the next day with my mouth. I'm not going to dig it up with my thought life. I'm not going to dig it up with my... Actions, I'm going to leave it in the ground because I want that thing to produce in my life. When your eyes are on your symptoms and your mind is occupied with other than God's word, you have planted the wrong seed for the harvest you do not desire. You have seeds of doubt floating around in your mind. You are trying to raise one kind of crop from another kind of seed. Many times you have to look at the things that are not seen. I mean, you know, that's what faith is. So I'm going to have to plant the seed. It may not look like it's growing. It may not look like it's helping, but I'm going to look at things that are not seen rather than the things that are seen. It is impossible basically to sow tares and reap wheat. Your symptoms may point to sickness, but God's word always points to healing and you cannot look in opposite directions at the same time. After you planted the seed, you believe it is growing even before you see it. That is the evidence of things not yet seen. What is that called? It's called faith. You believe the word in spite of the symptom, how you give your attention to the word at all times. Any person can get rid of their doubts by looking steadfastly at God's evidence, the word of God. 
saying only what God says will produce an increased faith in your life. So if that's true, talking the symptom will produce doubt, fear, and unbelief in your life. And I believe, you know, we're going to get into this later on down the line, but that is a key right there. When you get hit by a symptom, you get hit by a problem, does it get in your mouth and come out your mouth? If it does, we don't understand it because of the authority we have. We are giving power to something that we don't desire. If, you, if you're talking about your symptoms, if you're talking about your sickness, if you're talking about all this stuff, basically it gives power to those things because you're an authoritative being and power will come out of your mouth. Faith is only believing that God will do what he said in his word he will do or what he has already done. The fact places faith within the reach of the simplest child of God. The results says here it'll be health to what? All your flesh. Say all my flesh. Okay, go to John 14. There's a time in your life when you're going to decide that whether this word is either true or it's not true. And if you've been in the word and it hasn't been working for you, then you are going to even press in even more because if God said it, it's supposed to be taking place in my life and I'm going to press into that thing and I'm going to push and I'm going to study till I find out what the problem is on my end. Because this word needs to start working, especially in the church. Many places the word even even preached, much less believed. But here I want the word to go forth, but I want it believed. I want you to, if that's what God said, bless God, that's the way it is, and I ain't moving off of that, and I don't care what it takes, I don't care what comes, I'm staying right there, I'm not going anywhere. What is that? That steadfast faith from knowing the will of God. All right, John chapter 14. Look at verse 9. Jesus said unto him, Have I been so long with you, and yet hast thou not known me, Philip? He that has seen me has seen the Father, and how sayest thou then, show us the Father? This tells us that Jesus is the exact image of the Father. He is the perfect expression of God's will. He declared that his will and his works were not his own, but the Father who sent him. He healed all that came to him, never refused one single person in the Bible. His answer was always, I will, in regard to sickness and in regard to health. Jesus was sent to save mankind. Say Jesus was sent to save mankind. Now everybody thinks, well, yeah, he saved us from hell. We got born again. But the word salvation actually means full deliverance, complete safety, preservation, wholeness, and soundness spiritually, mentally, and physically. So it's more than just being saved. Did you get saved? Yeah, I got saved. Yeah, well, maybe in one area of your life, but you're not saved in any other areas of your life because you're not exercising faith in those. So healing is simply the salvation of Jesus Christ having its divine action in your body just like it had in your spirit when you got born again. The Word of God is written so that we can understand and be sure that the will of God, what the will of God is, and then believe what the will of God is. When the will of God is completed in the human race, if you read the back of your Bible, sin, sickness, and death will disappear off the face of the earth. Hallelujah. All right, go to Second Peter chapter 1. All right, 2 Peter chapter 1, let's just start in verse 1. It says, Simon Peter, a servant and an apostle of Jesus Christ to them that have obtained like 
precious faith with us through the righteousness of God and our Savior Jesus Christ. Grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and Jesus our Lord, according as his divine power has given us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him that has called us to glory and virtue, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises, that by these we might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. Many people that I talk to basically make the mistake of praying for faith. You can pray for faith all you want, but you're not going to get any. Faith comes by hearing and by hearing the Word of God. As you learn God's Word, as you learn to know God's Word and learn to know God, you will have faith in what God says. You understand that God is a God of integrity. What He says, He will do. The Word will produce a faith harvest, a trusting of God's Word with all of your heart. A doubter often prays for things they already possess. Peter states here that God's divine power has already given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. Notice, past tense. Say past tense. He's not going to give us these things. He has already given us all things that pertain to life and and godliness. Notice, and healing is part of life. So he's already given us healing. All things having to do with life have already been given to you. Healing is yours. It is a benefit. We were healed. When we were healed, when were we healed? 2,000 years ago on the cross of Calvary. It was provided at that time. He took your sin and sicknesses on the cross so that you would not have to bear them. We believe that they are ours. So what do we do? We don't have to pray for them. We simply confess them. Just like salvation. How many knew you could pray? Oh, save me. Oh, save me. Somebody save me. Please, somebody save me. Save me, Lord. Save me, Lord. Save me. But until you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believed in your heart he was raised from the dead, then you shall be saved. It's the same way with healing. You don't have to ask God to heal you. He already did. You need to put the word of God on healing in your mouth, basically, just like you did salvation. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is healer and believe in your heart that he has healed you, then you will live healed. So it's got to do with the confession that comes out of your mouth. All right, look at 2 Corinthians chapter 1. People spend their whole time, Lord, please, please make me righteous, make me righteous. And they don't know that they've already been made righteous by the blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. Lord, give me peace. You've already got peace. The problem is you're not using it. Oh, Lord, give me power. The Bible says you've got the same power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead on the inside of you. Oh, Lord, oh, Lord. What is that? Lack of knowledge, lack of knowing who he is. If I don't know his will in that situation that was given to me, then I've not planted any seeds in my life that produce faith for me to act like they're true. So it doesn't help you out at all. That's why we need to know the promises of God and what they are. All right, 2 Corinthians chapter 1. Look at verse 20. For all the promises of God in him are yea, and in him they are amen unto the glory of God. Notice, how many of the promises? Notice, every promise of God that Christ died to pay for 2,000 years ago to a believer, they are not coming in the future, they are yes, and they are Amen. They belong to you. They are yours. Your healing is already provided like your spiritual salvation was provided. If you got saved at the age of 30, how many know you could have got saved at the age of 25? You could have got saved at the age of 20. Could have got saved at the age of 15. What happened? You had a lack of knowledge what was available to you. Therefore, you did not confess him as Lord and receive him as Lord. Basically, healing is the same way. Healing is already provided. 
It is not something you must pray for, but confess and accept. You may pray for healing, but faith gives birth to healing in your life. If you know your rights, you will have faith. But if you can only know your rights by reading the Word and studying the Word for yourself. Say, I need to read the Word, study the Word for myself. My aunt can't do it. Grandma can't do it. My husband can't do it. I need to get in the Word and get the revelation of God's will in my life. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So we can become, I believe we can become so thoroughly acquainted with God's Word that we will never, ever again consciously think that we have to exercise faith in a situation. In other words, we will know that healing and deliverance and all those things are ours, that has been provided, that sickness has been put away through Christ, that we are redeemed from it, and we come to a place where we simply react like we're supposed to. In other words, sickness tries to come on your body. You don't have to try to muster up faith, wonder if you had enough faith. You just say, uh-uh, by the stripes of Jesus, I've been healed. He bore my sickness, has carried my diseases, and go right on in your Christianity. Why? Because you've come to a place where it's so real to you that the need basically for prayer or any of that stuff is no longer there. You're now considering nothing when attack comes but the word of God rather than everything else that can go wrong in your life if you're under attack I've got to rephrase this if I'm under attack what I do is I don't share it with the whole world because many of the world out there aren't going to help me they're probably going to hurt me I will pick out people who know what the word says who know how to believe God who know that it's already been provided who are going to stand in faith with me nobody says oh pastor we love him so much God you got to do something he's probably going to die tomorrow but we need him so much in the church oh Lord please I don't need that see I don't, I don't need the devil doesn't need help in my life he's okay right where he is so I do not broadcast it to every Tom, Dick, Harry, Mary, Larry, whoever Basically, I would pick out a few people or I just keep my mouth shut and deal with it myself because I know where I'm at. Do you, do you understand? Now, if you don't understand anything about the Word of God, you want everybody praying for you because you're probably playing just as stupid as they are. And hopefully you find somebody that can help you out in the situation. Are you following me? Praise God. So basically, what am I going to do? I'm basically going to use that Word of God every time, just like Jesus did. The, Satan came to him and say, oh, Father, please help me. He said, it is written. It is written. It is written. And that's what you've got to do. You're in the same position that he is. You're, you're, you've got his nature on the inside. You've got his faith on the inside. You've got his power on the inside. So I'm going to use the word of God in contrary situations, which is dominion and authority that you were created to do. And I'm going to hit that word. I'm going to hit that financial bill. I'm going to hit that thing. And I'm not going to go online and find out what my symptom may be. My God, I'll tell you, there'll be a list of stuff everywhere on there that tells you. And they'll refer you to another list, and you'll get on that list. And pretty soon you'll think you've got every disease in the entire world. Don't do that, praise God. Hallelujah. If you really need to know bad and everything, and you went to your physician who is God, and God said, you better go to the doctor, then go to the doctor. See, God's not against doctor. He's against dying, and he's against being sick. Hallelujah. So what does he want you to do? He wants you to live. He knows where you're at. He'll do whatever he needs to do in those situations to get you there. So we no longer have to try to believe. We are believers, and all things are ours, including health. Real faith possesses what Jesus has already provided. Hope looking for something in the future, faith already possesses it. Faith possessions are just as real as material possessions. The only difference is you can't 
see them. Healing and possessing healing is just as real as possessing your car. The only problem is in the natural, you can see your car, and in healing, all you've got is God's word, basically, that you were healed. But they're the same, the same. They're both very important. We can't equate ourselves with God's word and train ourselves to speak them because of the abundant word that has now gotten in our heart. Reading about faith, about faith people, about other stories about faith really are good for you, but they will not give you faith. Faith comes by hearing and by hearing, not stories, but the Word of God. Hallelujah. The devil will let you read all kind of books on people and their background and this and that. As long as there's no scripture in the book, praise God, it's not going to help you that much. So get in the Word of God. All right, go to James chapter 2. E.W. Kenyon, who I read, read a lot of books about when I first got in the ministry, who was a heck of a man of God. I read all his books, and the first thing in one of his books he showed where he had a congregation of between 400 and 500 people, and he had not one sick member in his church. How many know that'll get your attention? I mean, you want to read somebody's book like that. You don't want to read somebody who had 400 people and 399 of them were sick. You know, and now they're going to teach you about healing. You don't want to do that. So that was one of the books that I got into. And I've prayed my whole life, and I'm still praying for a church that is completely sickness-free in every single person who's in the body. So people say, that's impossible. Well, you haven't been in the Word then. See, you got more faith in sickness than you do basically in healing and in what Jesus already did for you. All right, go to James chapter 2, look at verse 20. It says, But will thou know, O vain man, that faith without works is what? Dead. Is dead. Say faith, faith. Without, works without works is dead. All right, now there's a difference between a noun and a verb. We all learned this when we were younger. A noun is the name of a person, a place, or a thing. What was that, like the fourth grade? And a verb is basically an action word. Hallelujah. So faith, now notice, is a noun, but believe is what? It's a verb, isn't it? It's a verb. So some say that they have all the faith in the world. Well, that may be so, but all the faith in the world is not going to help you unless you put some action to the faith that you have. If not, here it calls it dead faith. Say dead faith. Notice, faith without works is dead. It is possible to have faith and yet receive absolutely nothing from God. Believe now, it is a verb, and a verb is an action word. So if you really believe, that means you will act on what you believe, basically act on God's promise. When you couple action with your faith, that is believing. I believe when you get faith and faith imparts on the inside of you, you've already got faith, but when it gets to a point do you really believe it, it will cause you to act on it. In other words, if you really believe this is going to work, I'll do it. If I'm still hoping it'll work, maybe it'll work, maybe God won't, I don't act on it until it becomes faith in my spirit. Once it becomes faith, it will work. When you're convinced that laying hands on the sick and they will recover, you'll no longer be fearful to lay hands on anything that moves out there that needs recovery. Now, if you're still thinking, well, I wonder if God's going to do it. I sure hope he does. What if I pray for them and they get worse? There's no faith there yet. There's still hope for something. But when faith comes, it will cause you to act. Believing the word is simply acting on the word. Believing is acting and faith is the cause for your action. Faith will cause you to act. Mental assent basically admires the word but does not act. 
Oh yeah, I know he, he bore my sicknesses, carried my diseases. I know where that scripture is. It's right there in Isaiah 53. It's in 1 Peter 2.24. I'm so happy I've got that scripture. But I'm sick as a dog today. I just can't get any better. It's just getting worse every single day. What is that? You know the word. You're admiring the word. But faith has not come to a point now where you're acting on that word of God. When faith wells up on the inside of you, you will act on the word of God and you will get results from the word of God. All right, go to Romans chapter 10. All right, Romans chapter 10, look at verse 10. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. We found out that salvation is wholeness, it's basically healing, it's deliverance, it's all those things that we need to live the kind of life God wants us to. And here it says, confession is made unto salvation. Now we should not act one way and confess another way. You should not confess that Jesus Christ is your Lord, then act like an unbeliever. If you do, your confession would mean absolutely nothing. It's empty words, and there's no power behind your confession. In other words, you're not a parrot. Just because you heard brother so-and-so say, by his stripes I'm healed, and you picked up on it, when sickness comes, you say, by his stripes I was healed. Because there's no faith on the inside of you, you're simply quoting something that someone else said. If you were to confess, by his stripes I was healed, you would not remain in bed because of a fever. You would get up. Why? Because you believe you are healed, and that faith is causing you to act. You would ignore the fever and make your actions correspond with the confession coming out of your mouth. You would ignore symptoms and hold fast to the confession of your faith without wavering. Now, how, how many know this is where the rubber hits the road? You're feeling absolutely terrible. You look terrible. You know you look terrible. And you can either go to bed and lay there all day or you can just keep going on in life, praise God. Whenever something's attacking my physical body, Becky will come home. She'll sit there a little bit. She'll say, what's wrong? I'll say nothing. You say, you feeling all right? I said, great, never better. So keep prying because she knows something going on. So I'm not going to go there. So I'm not going to go in that direction. I'm, oh, wonder, super, never better. How do you feel the next morning? See, how you feel? Best morning of my life, praise God. This is it right here. Why is that? Because I'm going to stay there, do you see? I'm going to act on what I believe, and I believe I was healed 2,000 years ago, and my body's not going to tell me any different. My elbow's not going to tell me any different. My head's not going to tell me any difference. A pain's not going to tell me any difference. I'm going to stay right there. And is that fun? No. You feel like junk. You feel terrible. What am I going to do? Bless God, this word's either going to work or it doesn't, praise God. And I'm going to find out, glory to God. I'm going to stay right there. I'm going to watch my confession. I'm going to do what I do. I'm going to ignore those symptoms. And this is a time when you've got to get in the word of God. Recollection will not do it for you. Well, I heard that teaching, I heard that teaching back in Bible college three years ago. I know all about healing. I don't have to come on Wednesday night. I went through the class. Yeah, okay. And you'll be the next one we'll be praying for. Come on now. See what I mean? It's hearing every single day it needs to be rejuvenated in your heart. The Holy Ghost is there to revive that thing, to give it life on the inside of you. So if I'm going to do it, I can't waver. I've got to act healed, and I've got to talk like I'm healed. Hallelujah. Some people say, I feel terrible, and I look terrible, but I'm believing God. No, you're not. You're believing that you feel terrible, and you look terrible. You can put the little tag on, I'm believing God, to show that you're a good Christian. But it doesn't work that way, do you see? It's got to stay in line with everything. Why? Because I am convinced that by his stripes he was healed. He bore my sicknesses and carried my diseases, and I don't have to do it anymore. And if it didn't work 
You know, if he didn't do enough to do it, so I got to carry it, then he's at fault. But we all know that's not the problem, praise God. So what am I going to do? I'm going to stay there. I'm going to act like it. I'm going to look like it. I'm going to do it. I mean, you have this thing, and you run into somebody t- tomorrow, and I'll say, hey, you should have been in healing class. I'll say, oh, I was sick. <laughs> I mean, think about it. Think how ridiculous it is. I mean, you should have been there. You should have been there at 6.30 studying for the first hour, then jumped in at 7.30, then stayed an hour over and listened to the tape three times before it was over with. All right, go to Hebrews chapter 3. I know I'm radical, but you've got to be radical in this stuff. I'm telling you right now, if you're going to live in it. All right, Hebrews chapter 3. One of the most powerful scriptures in the Bible. Look at verse 1. Wherefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling. See, that's me. Notice you need to consider the apostle and the high priest of your confession, Christ Jesus. Look at it again. Wherefore, holy brethren, partakers of your heavenly calling, consider your apostle and high priest of your confession, Jesus Christ. Notice, Jesus Christ is the high priest of what? Your confession. Say my confession. Is he the high priest of healing? No, he's not. Is he the high priest of your abundance? No, he's not. He's the high priest of what? Your confession. He is there to bring to pass your mouth, not healing, unless healing's in your mouth. Not abundance, unless abundance is in your mouth. He is the high priest, the one who brings into effect your confession of what's coming out of your mouth. Now, how many know there's some things he can't bring to pass that come out of your mouth? Thank God. I'm catching the flu. I just sneeze, it's getting worse. Thank God he doesn't jump on that and bring it to pass. He can't do that. He can only bring to pass what he has already agreed with in his word. So what am I going to do? I'm going to steadfastly watch what comes out of my mouth because he is the high priest of my confession. That's why you have the cliches all over the world because the devil knows how to do this. It tickles me to death. I'm just dying to go. And now the younger generation, I'll make a basket at playing basketball and say, that's sick. And I'll say, no, that's healed. That's sick. Oh, that's sick. Oh, that's really sick. That's really. Where, where did you get? Where would you get that from? If it wasn't from the devil, who in their right mind would say something super is sick unless the devil fed that into one person? They said it, thought it was cool, and everybody else is doing. It. I don't want to put that in my mouth. Oh, that's sick. That's sick. Oh, that's sick. That's sick. It tickles me to death. I'm dying to go. You don't have to put those words in your mouth, basically, because Jesus is the high priest of your confession. So God's word in our mouths and in our hearts is the faith of God, and that's what removes doubt out of our life. The seed, which is God's word, when it is planted in good ground, will always bring forth healing fruit in your life. There can never be failure when you get into agreement with God's word and stay in agreement in God's word. The words, I am the Lord that heals you in your mouth and in your heart will do away with all your sickness. The words, with his stripes I am healed in your mouth and in your heart will do away with the symptoms that are in your body. The high priest of your confession will see that your confession comes to pass. The question is, what is the confession that's coming out of your mouth? Hallelujah. Go to Luke chapter 1. Makes you want to just quit talking for about a week, don't it? (laughs) What's that? From the peanut gallery over here? 
All right, Luke chapter 1, let's start in verse, oh, let's just go to verse 38. And Mary said, Behold the handmaid of the Lord, be it unto me according to thy word. And the angel then departed from her. Now we know this was when the angel Gabriel came to her, said you're going to have a child, the Holy Ghost is going to make you pregnant, and basically you're going to have Jesus as your child. Now notice, when Mary said to angel Gabriel, be it unto me according to your word, that was the word of faith in her heart, and then it came out her mouth. It turned the words of the angel into a creative power that gave the world a Savior called Jesus Christ. All the blessings that you have in your life have been a result of the word of faith that was in Mary's heart and in her mouth because she allowed the Savior to come. In the midst of what was humanly possible, Mary said with faith, be it unto me according to your word. This is basically, the Bible talks about calling things that be not as though they were. Every Bible promise is God speaking to each and every one of us. Instead of neglecting or ignoring them, let us say with Mary to each promise, let it be unto me according to your word and according to your will. We will prove that no word of God is void of power and that God watches over his word to perform it. All right, go to 2 Corinthians chapter 1. Been there once, we're going to do it again. Say, my days of sickness are over forever. All right, let me take you up a little bit notch here. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, look at verse 20. We already read this. It says, For all the promises of God in him are yes, and in him amen unto the glory of God by us. Healing, just like forgiveness, is a provision for each and every person. It is freely given to all, and it was given before, so it's available to you now. Today is the day of your salvation. Not tomorrow, not next week, not 10 years from now. Notice, these promises in the Bible, basically, if you study it, aren't even promises. They are statements of fact. By his stripes ye were healed. How many know that's not a promise, that's a fact? Faith recognizes things that the scripture declares are ours and claims them regardless of any physical evidence going on. With his stripes we are or were healed. This is not a promise, it's a statement of fact from God. You do not hope for healing. Faith claims it now, believes it now, acts upon it now, because it is a statement of fact that already belongs to you. So what am I going to do? I wake up Monday morning. I don't feel very good. I'm going to get up out of bed. I'm going to act my deliverance as much as I possibly can, just like I would act on the word of a lawyer who called me in the morning on Monday morning and said, somebody left you $1,000, and if you come down here to the office, you can pick up the check today. How many know faith would definitely come in my heart, and I would believe and I would act on that, and I would be there shortly, <laughs> praise God. 
Hallelujah. So when I get up in the morning and I don't feel very good, I'm going to go to the Word of God and I'll say, hey, by His stripes I've been healed. I have the joy of the Lord and it's my strength. The joy of the Lord is my strength. You're just going to do, what are you going to do? You're going to act on the Word to the best of your ability and you're going to believe God's Word is just as true as the lawyer's Word, just as true as the doctor's Word. I mean, whatever the doctor tells us to do, we don't question it. We don't think, we just go do it, bless God. Here, you need this prescription. All right, take it, run down there, pay for it, go. That's all there is. God says, by his stripes you're healed. He say, I am not. I can't be healed. I feel terrible. That can't be working. Well, you felt terrible when you went and got the prescription. See, we've got to get God's word up there with all the other words. And what will happen when you do that? You will start to act on his word as if it is true. Never say, I hope I will be healed someday because you were healed. Believe that, act accordingly, and health will be yours. Many who say they have all the faith in the world prove the opposite by their next sentence. Oh yes, I have all the faith in the world. I have always believed God's word, but somehow I just can't get healed for some reason. I try and try to believe God and it just don't work for me. And I've been believing him for a long time now and I just don't see. What are you doing? You're digging up the seed that at one time you planted because you got the blade stage and then when the ear and the full ear came, it was too late. You already threw in the stuff. The Bible tells you not to be weary in what? well-doing. Notice it never tells you not to be weary in wrongdoing. Nobody ever gets tired of that. See? So what are you going to have to do? You're going to have to stand fast. You're going to have to say that. If God says we were healed when Christ bore our sicknesses and diseases, then we're going to believe that we were made well when he bore our stripes for us. We were healed. We're going to agree with God's word. Notice what the Bible says. It says, submit to God, not the devil, submit to God, resist the devil, and he'll flee. Most people want to submit to the devil, then resist the devil, and he ain't gone anywhere because you already submitted to him and you already agreed to him in the, in the catastrophe that came towards your life. So agree with God's word, believe it in your heart, act on his promises. If God says, I am the Lord that heals you, who heals all your diseases, then act like that and put God to work, making it good in your life. Do not lie in bed boasting about all the faith you got, complaining about all your pain and suffering. Rise up, take God at his word, act your faith, and God will make it good in your life. All right, go to Mark chapter 11. All right, Mark chapter 11, look at verse 22. It says, Jesus answering said unto them, Have faith in who? Notice, have faith in God. Now, how many know that scripture was, is written to you? It's written to me. It's written to every born-again believer. He tells them to have faith in who? Now, notice, he wants you to have your own faith in God, not rely on someone else's faith when something comes into your life. You need, basically, to build your own faith. How am I going to build my own faith? I'm going to build it by hearing and hearing and practicing and confessing the Word of God that is in my life. Most people don't want to do anything once they've been born again until a crisis hits their life, until something happens in their life, then all at once they want to get in the Word of God and start listening to tapes. Well, you're just starting to plan 
plant a seed for a harvest that you want right now, and it doesn't work that way unless you get a miracle grow from heaven that basically makes it grow up and you can reap the harvest right now. Start planting your crop today if you're not planting it. Plant it every day. That's why it's so important to be in the Word of God every single day. Then you won't have to frantically search for someone else who hopefully can pray for you and help you. Your expectancy must be based on God's word, not on another person's faith or even another person's ministry. Had there been faith, basically, when it hit you, you'd have simply said, thank you, Lord, that I'm healed from the top of my head to the soles of my feet. Thank you that we're prospering and being in health, just as our soul. Thank you for the peace of God that passes all understanding. I was in a... Uh, Watching a meeting on TV one time with Rod Parsley. Did you ever hear Rod Parsley? Good old Rod. Younger years, he was in there, and he was having a camp meeting or something. There were three people in the front row, and they must have all been demon-possessed or something. I mean, right while he's talking, one's screaming, the other one's shouting, the other one's throwing stuff around or whatever, and he just stopped. I didn't know what he, I thought. He's a pretty big boy. He'd probably go down there and slap every one of them, you know. And he just stopped, and he said, Thank you, God, for perfect peace. Thank you for the peace that passes on it. He must have said that for 10 minutes. And all once they all shut up, they all got quiet. They all said another word. He went on with his preaching thing, finished the whole thing, and that was it. And I, I thought to myself, I wouldn't have probably responded that way. You know? I'd have probably said, get him out of here. Come out. Get him. But no, he just kept that peace. You know, Thank God for the peace. It passes all understanding. And by doing that and agreeing with God, that peace rose back up on the inside of him. It got his thought life back, and he could go ahead and continue. Praise God. Hallelujah. So here's some do's and don'ts for you. Are you ready? Number one, do not try to believe anything. Never try to believe. Simply act on what the Word is telling you to do. That is believing. Do not try to believe. Act on the Word. That is believing. Number two, do not trust other people's faith. Build your own faith on the Word of God. I guarantee you, if you build your own faith on the Word of God, other people will come to you. And that's fine. That's no problem. We want to help everybody. Everybody's at a different spot. Some people are brand new, born again. Some been in the church for 20 years and never read the Word of God. Well, we are there to help them then like we're supposed to be. Number three, never talk sickness and pain. Make the devil listen to your praise and thanks to God. Never talk sickness or pain. Make the devil listen to your praise and thanks to God. And number four, never talk doubt and unbelief. Quote the scriptures steadfastly and always. Never talk doubt and unbelief. If you do catch yourself, simply repent. You, it'll slip out. You'll say it. You'll get, have a, be having a bad day. It'll roll out your mouth. You've got to stop it, repent, and move on. Just don't move on. Repent and kill that seed. Quote the scripture steadfastly and always. The Bible in Psalm 107 calls it the sacrifice of praise. Why is that? Because you ain't going to want to praise anything at that time, but you're going to do it anyway because you're sacrificing your praise to Him. So basically in your life, just hold fast to your confession of the Word. It is the only thing that your high priest has to work with in your life, the confession that comes out of your mouth. Hold fast to your confession of faith because He is faithful that promised. Say, I'm a believer, not a doubter. I believe God's Word. God said it. I believe it, and I've settled it in my life. My days of sickness are over forever. Jesus bore my sicknesses, carried my diseases, and with his stripes, I am healed. I choose to talk faith. I choose to live faith. I choose 
to speak God's word. Therefore, I'm blessed. I'm anointed. I'm filled with the Holy Ghost. I'm prosperous. I'm righteous. I am holy. I am wonderful. I am filled with God himself. When I speak, things listen. When I speak to mountains, they move. Because I agree with God's word, not just in good times, also in the tough times, because I am a person of faith and healing. Hallelujah. For listening. For more from Treasure Coast Victory Center, visit us at mytcbc.com.